everybody. Welcome back to Passing Judgment, a podcast about politics, the law, and a lot of things in between. Today, we are joined by Mariana Alfaro. Mariana is a co-anchor for Post Politics Now, the Washington Post's live-breaking news political feed. I absolutely love it. Indispensable information. Mariana joined the Post in 2019 as a researcher for the Daily 202, the newspaper's flagship politics newsletter. Before that, Mariana worked as an intern for the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, the Insider, and the Texas Tribune. Welcome, Mariana. Thank you for passing judgment with us. Hi, thanks for the invite. So there's so much that we could talk about with you because you do cover live breaking political news. But today we're going to focus on flying objects, which is not something I think we've ever tackled in this podcast. But obviously they have recently been in the news. You've written about it. And so I'm really grateful for your expertise. Just this week, the White House has confirmed that there were three more flying objects that were shot down over the U.S. and Canadian airspace. And this follows news concerning a suspected Chinese surveillance balloon that was located earlier in the month of February. So I would love for you to just help us out here and basically tell us a little bit about each of the four objects, if you could, and where they were found. And if we could kind of focus on the difference between the Chinese surveillance balloon, or I should say suspected surveillance balloon, and these three later objects that were found. Yes. So, so far, uh, we've shut down four, as you mentioned. And it's good that you're making that distinction because uh, the White House and the Pentagon are trying really hard to make sure that people know that the first one, the Chinese suspected spy balloon, is a balloon. The three others were not super sure uh, what they are yet, and so they're just calling them unidentified flying objects. Um, what the White House did make sure to make it clear for everyone on Monday was that these are not, you know, related to aliens or any sort of out of earth life. This is all um, things that humans put up in the air. Uh, we don't know which humans put them up in the air, but at least we know that we're not being attacked by aliens at the moment. <laughs> to the disappointment, hopefully, of nobody listening to the <laughs> podcast, this does not have to do with aliens. And yes, we are having this conversation in 2023. Yes. But to your point, so we know that humans put these objects up, and now I'll let you continue. <laughs> yes. So the reason why these three objects were shut down is because, again, once we saw that the uh, Chinese spy balloon, quote unquote, was up in the air um, earlier this month. There's this thing that, you know, the government has, the Pentagon has that these radars all over airspace. And so think of it as when you're shopping for clothes and you have some sort of filter on your search and say you want pants. So you only like cross out the box for pants. What they did uh, with the filters on these machines that we have, you know, monitoring airspace is that they opened up the filter. So instead of just seeing pants, you're seeing literally everything that Old Navy has on the catalog. So that's what happened with space. They opened the filters and now you're seeing very small things that are just flying in the airspace. So that's how they spotted these three other random objects flying around. I think one of them was in Alaska, the other one was in Canada, and the other one was in Michigan. And um, that's how they ended up shooting these three other objects because they saw them on the radar. Just to emphasize that point, because I think a lot of people are waking up every morning thinking, what is going on? How come there's news every day of another flying object? It's not that the objects are becoming more common. And I love the filter example you use. It's that we're looking for them more now after the downing of the Chinese surveillance balloon, suspected surveillance balloon. Am I correct that 
we think that's what's happening. We're just basically testing more. Yes, we're testing more. We're kind of keeping our eyes peeled a little bit more. We're looking at the smaller things up in the air instead of, you know, looking for the big, big items that the government's usually monitoring for. And again, you know, the Chinese balloon was three buzzes big. It was pretty big. The three other items that have been shot down weren't that big. But again, they used to be able to slip through the filters. But now that the filters are very wide, um, it's easier to catch them flying over us. Okay, so that's really helpful. And then again, just to emphasize that point, there's basically, as I can see it, kind of two boxes. There's the suspected Chinese surveillance balloon, and that's box number one. And then there are these three additional objects. And I know you already talked about it, but could you tell us again why they are qualitatively different? You said they're much smaller Do they have fewer communication signals? Like, do they have less of an ability to maneuver? Are they basically just floating around? Do we have more details about why they're different? Yes. So uh, according to John Kirby, who is um, National Security Council coordinators, a spokesman for the White House, too, um, he said that these three objects were not only smaller than the surveillance balloon, they also didn't have the communications technology to send signals. They weren't really uh, sending any information. And they also did not have the ability to maneuver themselves, which is very important. The uh, suspected Chinese balloon did uh, have the ability to kind of fly and be controlled, but these were kind of just flying around with the force of the air. They were a little less uh, technologically advanced. So if they're, it sounds like they're either a little or a lot less technologically advanced, and I'm certainly not the person to answer that question. (laughs) But I guess that maybe begs the question of, why were they shot down at all? Um, what kind of risk do we think that they posed? Yes. So um, the main thing that the White House wants to make clear is that they were shot down because they were actually posing a threat to civilian air travel. So, you know, the Chinese balloon was flying at about 60,000 feet, uh, which is pretty high up in the air. That wouldn't really affect planes. But these others were flying at around 40,000 feet. Uh, commercial aircraft cruises at around 30,000 feet. So that's extremely close uh, to where you would want a balloon. You know, they they can just hit a plane or they can just get sucked on by the turbines and that could just be a disaster. So that's why the government said, you know, we're going to take these down before that could happen. So these later three were shot down basically because they were flying at a lower altitude and Mm -hmm. therefore they were a risk to commercial aircraft. But we didn't necessarily have any additional information of the risks that they pose. Is that correct? Yes. The main threat was just to commercial airlines. So I guess that really brings us to the question of what do we know, if anything, about who made and sent these later three objects? Do we think it's the same either country or group or companies? Do we think maybe it's three different countries or groups or companies? I mean, I think a lot of people are probably asking now, well, what do we know about what these three objects could do? Who might have sent them? What benefit would they have from putting them over Canadian and U.S. airspace? Yeah, and that's the biggest mystery I'd say uh, so far because the Pentagon still doesn't know. Uh, What Kirby said on Monday was that a lot of countries, companies, universities operate objects like this at high altitudes just because they're researching, they're trying to, you know, could be a weather balloon, could be something done for science. And he literally said, you know, the purpose could be not nefarious at all. 
But again, we don't know why um, yet. Nobody has come forward and claimed these three other objects. And the thing is, um, only one of them landed over water, the one that was over Michigan. The other two, uh, one of them landed in Alaska, the other one landed in Canada. And um, the debris is just out there in like very hard to reach corners of these places. So again, the government is trying to recover some of it, but that's the only way they kind of will be able to tell what they were doing in the first place. Uh, But it's not like they landed on like an easy, accessible field. So we can't really know unless whoever threw them up there in the air comes forward and says, oh, that was mine. Or until like we are able to recover what was left behind and test to see what it was doing. So basically, we are not sure if the three objects are related in anything other than when we found them. We don't know who sent them. We don't know why, but we definitely know that they're in places that are ranging from difficult to extremely difficult to find them and to find out more information. Is that a fair summary of of basically what we know right now. Yes, that's basically what we know so far. And the fact that they weren't super technologically advanced like the Chinese one. Right. And so I think that probably does bring us to the Chinese balloon. And (laughs) we've talked about the fact that it is more technologically advanced than the other three objects. And I've used the term before that it's a suspected surveillance (laughs) balloon. Could you tell us a little bit more about why that's the case? Why do we keep describing it as a suspected surveillance balloon? So yes, China at first said that this was a balloon that was being used for scientific research that had veered off the course that they intended it to fly. Um, And again, the US wasn't, um, you know, at the beginning, they were like, okay, that's an interesting explanation. But after a lot of back and forth, that's gotten a little tense and past made the relationship between Beijing and Washington a little bit more difficult than it already was. The U.S. is now saying that the suspected spy balloon was linked to a big program run by the Chinese military that has spanned five continents and over 40 countries. So the government is pretty sure that this was part of a bigger program run by the Chinese government, not just a sudden scientific experiment gone wrong. I think what a lot of people are wondering, and certainly what I'm wondering, is what does this mean for U.S. and China relations? I've read some reporting that there's been, a, I think, probably understandable cooling of some communications, at least between members of the U.S. military and the Chinese military. Mm-hmm. But what do we see in terms of the short and medium term for how this has affected U.S. and China relationships? Yes. Um, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, they already are tense. I think we've been in a tense position with China for a bit now. And because of this, um, some things have been held off. But at least later this week, the top U.S. diplomat may have an opportunity to meet with China's top foreign policy official at the Munich uh, Security Conference. And that's Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State. Um, he'll have a chance to discuss these things with their top foreign policy official, at that point, I think that'll be the first opportunity to kind of discuss this in person instead of all of these like messaging and, mm-hmm. and, and this tensions. But again, I think that the State Department is trying to keep this civil, keep this in a very friendly bilateral discussions and not make China seem as if something that could make the tensions worse. We've heard President Biden very recently say we're not trying to pick fights with China. We're going to continue trying to compete with China, but we're not trying to come off as Uh, you know, we're trying to pick a fight. And so I think that that's kind of what the U.S. government's position is right now. China obviously is such an incredibly important trading partner in in addition to being a very important 
economic power on the global stage that we don't need to wonder why President Biden is saying Basically, we're not trying to start a war here. We're just trying to figure out what's happening. Mm-hmm. And what about, to the extent we know, how is this playing in terms of the U.S. relationship to other countries? Has this really had a kind of ripple effect? Or right now, are we just trying to sort through what's going to happen between the U.S. and China? It's definitely more of the latter. I think that's definitely more of the U.S. and China trying to figure out what's going on. Because again, China also accused the United States of flying at least 10 balloons over its airspace over the last year. So, you know, it's now that little bit of a bickering of like where you're doing it too. But it really hasn't bled that much into the U.S.'s relations to other countries. I think that the most interesting uh, side story in all of this was just Canada and the U.S. kind of coming together to deal with this. I think it was very new for Trudeau on that end too, to kind of have to collaborate across the border because, again, this was such a random uh, situation for both countries to have to deal with. In terms of like the greater idea of, you know, how does this make the U.S. look at an international stage? I think that it is kind of expected that this is a kind of tension that would happen between the U.S. and China. But I think that we have, you know, the war in Ukraine going on right now and that opposition of the U.S. fighting to keep Putin from continuing to move forward there. And I think that that hasn't really bled into the story really but definitely the idea that China and the U.S. might be bickering over this has been an interesting side story on this because I think that nobody really wants to go down a more extreme road of saying, you know, China is spying on us and this is terrible and like we should start something bigger over this. And just to pick out one of the things you said there, that there's been this bickering up and back, how has the U.S. responded to the accusations that, well, basically we do the same thing? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so... A spokesman in China said that it is common for U.S. balloons to fly into other countries' airspace and that the U.S. should first reflect on itself rather than, quote unquote, slander other countries for doing similar things. And so that came, you know, after the balloon was shot down. Uh, And the U.S. immediately said that that claim that the U.S. operates surveillance balloons is false. And so they're saying that that was China trying to do damage control, that it has already said false information about what the balloon was doing in the U.S. in the first place. And so pretty much that the White House was saying, don't believe that. But again, it's just becoming this bigger thing of where now we're suddenly aware that all these things are just flying over our airspace. And I think that that's not going to be a conversation that's over yet. I think that it might become a bigger thing on the world stage to see who's flying what over whom and what kind of international treaties are being broken. Because again, it's not really supposed to happen that you just have balloons flying over other nations. Right. And this does seem like the, you know, old situation of suddenly you get new glasses and there's a lot more that you can see. And some of it is a little bit disturbing. And so, Mariana, I really want to thank you for walking us through what's been happening. And again, today we were joined by Mariana Alfaro of The Washington Post. You can find her on Twitter at Mariana A underscore Alfaro. And again, Mariana, thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much for having me. I want to thank all our listeners. We love having these conversations with you. We do say this is a podcast about politics and the law. Today was obviously a little more politics, and we'll be back to bring you more of both. You can find me across social media at Levinson Jessica, and we wish everybody a great day. 